a total net worth, and now with the increase, it'll be well over $10 billion. But here, a total net worth of $8 billion. Net worth, not assets, not liability. A net worth. I'm not doing that to brag, because you know what? I don't have to brag. I don't have to. Believe it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm really, 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 really big ring rich. I'm really rich. Hello everyone and welcome to the EdTech Podcast. I hope you appreciated that tip to Donald Trump in the intro music. This week we have Global Teacher Prize nominee Kazuya Takahashi talking about live teaching in Tokyo and trying to instill an ethos of project-based creative learning in the classroom. Listen in to find out how Kazuya went from a medieval literature scholar based out of the British Library to an inspired teacher aiming to pay it forward and recreate the impactful education he received and keep an ear out for an inspirational message at the end of his interview. Kazuya is speaking at BET in January and is the first of a run of BET series keynotes featuring on the EdTech podcast. You can find out all the links to BET and who is speaking in the show notes. Before we kick off, a quick throwback to last week spent at the Web Summit, where I interviewed over 20 speakers, exhibitors and attendees involved in education innovation. Those included UNHCR on education and those with refugee status, the South African government and the importance of early years, Web Summit pitch winners Cubo Robot on coding learning in Denmark, and MIT professors on the potential of EdTech to be a chase to the bottom in terms of cost and also quality. You can hear all the trend pieces on EdTech at Web Summit in the next few weeks once all the editing is complete. In the meantime, check out the Storify of the pop-up drinks at Web Summit, where we welcome 70 plus from all around the world to a former fishing tackle shop turned restaurant. Hello to any of you listening and thank you to ASU GSV Summit for sponsoring. This week coming up, I am moderating a discussion at the Firefly Learning Conference in Birmingham, UK on the 15th of November entitled, Our Reports and Parents' Evening a Waste of Time. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject to bring to the discussion. Please tweet me at podcastedtech or you can email at theedtechpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to register for the event, you can find the link also in the show notes. A few final bits before we go into this week's interview. If you'd like to hear your feedback on the EdTech podcast, why not set up an Anchor account and send me your files for inclusion? Anchor is a really easy to use app which records short audio files which can then be sent to someone's feed or onwards via Twitter or email. It'd be a really great way to hear some of our listener voices in each week's episode. Also, if you'd like to help support the mission of the EdTech podcast and sponsor some future episodes, either the Web Summit Trends podcast or those upcoming on student engagement, EdTech and maths or leadership, please contact me now at theedtechpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for now and have a really great week. Today I'm really, really excited because after about nine months of contact, Kazuya mm-hmm. Takahashi, mm-hmm. Um, I'm great with name pronunciation, um, is here with us. Um, so it's about 6pm in Japan, in Tokyo, and just gone 9am in the morning in London. And Kazuya is one of the uh, nominees for the Global Teacher Prize from the Varki Foundation. So what that means is that out of all the applicants documenting their 
innovation successes as teachers across the world. Kazuya is one of the finalists and you were at the ceremony in, was it in Dubai? Yes, Dubai. Yeah, and how was that for you? It was it's just kind of just like a dream. Like, okay. like I met so many famous people, you know, I I saw in the television, you know, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, because they had like, I think the Pope awarded the prize. And yeah, I, I say to people, have you heard of the Global Teacher Prize? And like, no. And they, you know, they probably think, oh, it's another mm-hmm. another um, award ceremony. And then you say, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's gets quite a lot of press like the pope awarded the prize and the sheikh was there and prince william is one of their ambassadors and they're like oh <laughs> yes and uh, yeah i shook hand with tony blair and so scary you know <laughs> oh, really? he just came up to yeah he came up to me he said like congratulations go, oh no <laughs> that's hilarious and then from the uk we had colin hegarty on the map oh ride. okay yes yes yeah colin. But just to go right back to the beginnings, so having read a little bit about you, I guess at one point in your life you were considering whether to take a PhD or uh, to go into teaching. And, <laughs> and I guess you made that decision and you took your postgrad and then you um, returned to Japan to take up the, the teaching side of life. So could you tell us a little bit about that decision making right back in the beginning? Oh, okay. I, I was, I studied uh, medieval studies, you know, I was really into kind of, you know, digitizing uh, Gutenberg, Gutenberg Bible or, you know, King Arthur's manuscript. Actually, I studied, um, I worked for the, the British Library too. But, you know, I, all of a sudden I thought like, maybe PhD does not really good for me, you know, um, because you know, I, I met a great teacher in my life, so I wanted to pay it, it forward to my for to the next generation. So maybe you know I, I if I study good good quality of education, I maybe I can you know I can give good influence to the next generation of students. So I decided to change my major and I went to the states and then learning uh, cognitive psychology and we um, instructional design to conduct really good class so that's uh you know that's quite selfless of you so you know you decided okay i'm going to do this it's, you know it's my uh, duty to pay it back mm-hmm. yes because you know teacher te- actually teachers matter a lot so i know i wanted to have really i want to do a really good class so now i need i thought i need to study um, learning science or cognitive science and to do um, based on uh, you know based on like a learning science, a kind of solid theories. Yeah. You know, many, many teachers say, do a class, you know, without knowing um, good quality of um, um, kind of format of a teaching style. So I thought I, I should learn some kind of like a learning style and I could add, add on my personality a bit onto it. And what kind of personality do you think you have? Actually, I wanted to be a teacher uh, when I when I was a junior high school kid. I met a really good teacher. He took me to a kind of dig um, to the field to dig um, in the field to find out um, kind of all the parts, pot, you know, you know, ancient parts. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hands-on learning. You know, I didn't like learning the history from a textbook. Yeah. But, you know, when I do you know, kind of field work on OJT, kind of on-the-job learning, and I learned a lot. And that triggered, I mean, that intrigued my curiosity. So I know I thought, I thought like using hands, actually doing something on, on, in the field actually makes learning fun. So I know 
that was that's all of my learning style. Uh, I want to bring my student to the real field and we'll let them do yeah. hands-on job. And that's interesting because that's like a commonality between you and, and Joe Fathery, the um, the other nominee that I've interviewed so far. So you're both quite a fan of sort of project-based learning and, and really mm-hmm. immersing your students in um, yes. real-world environments outside of the classroom as well. Yes. Um, you mentioned the importance of the underpinning of theory and learning theory. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any particular theorists around teaching and learning that you you really uh, rate that you kind of follow um, in your own philosophy of education? Um, there are a lot, but I yes, um, basically I follow Piaget, Vygotsky, Simon uh, Papert, and three of them. Yes, yeah, Seymour Papad, yeah, yeah, he's been Yeah, Seymour Papad, yeah, he is the main kind of figure of my stu- my teaching. Actually, hands-on, really have some kind of tangible, we need to create mm-hmm. some kind of tangible um, output, you know. Yeah, yeah. I always ask my students to create something and share it with others. And what would you say were the practices that you did that meant that you were nominated for the Global Teacher Prize? <laughs> it's really kind of difficult, but uh, I kind of my my kind of my story is very interesting because I wanted to be um be a researcher okay. in medieval study, but it's, I changed my on uh, my my life. You know, I went to the states and learn learning science, and also I worked for Blackboard as IT company. So I did like ICT education maybe sixteen years ago. So you know. <laughs> For ten wow. for ten years, I know I kind of kind of foresee. I, I saw first. I kind of predicted now because you know I learned how how good and bad change the world. You know, with printing a manuscript, printing a uh, printing machine, right? Because I digitize all the manuscript. That means ICT will change the literature in the future. Kind of also, I thought ICT would change education eventually, right? So I, you know, I worked for Blackboard, and I can learn. Actually, it's happening. ICT change education is no, it's um, actually Blackboard WebCT kind of um, um, for you know, front end in Norway. They started like distance education. They, um, they developed a distance education. They changed the way they people learn. And Google studied Google document that changed um, how people study together online, right? So. And it also, I, I kind of focus on hands-on job. I, I use Lego in my class, a lot of stuff, you know, because I believe Simo Pepper's uh, series, we need to do some kind of hands-on, hands-on job. So hands-on job, a virtual learning environment is very important. Okay, so that's quite interesting. So you have, you know, although you, you um, have that sort of digital learning underpinning, you're mm-hmm. also very much about hands-on and sort of physical um, as well as sort of virtual, so not to yes. uh, mm-hmm. divide the two. And can you tell us a little bit about the Japan Space Elevator Association and uh, the Space Elevator competition that you organize? <laughs> it's not my, me organizing, okay. actually. It's Space Elevator um, Association. But um, my school, actually, for my school, I introduced a p- project um, project management. It's, a, it's a kind of upper kind of knowledge of project PBL. But you know how to, 
usually we have students have like a school festival in a in a haphazard way. They randomly they have randomly, but they have they don't have any plan. But we started doing a we introduced project management. Those students have started with like doing brainstorming, uh, mapping, classification. So they kind of prioritize all the tasks. So they organize in a one way. They they you know they if they have an event they can give it to the next 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 year you know this is that we did you know this is the fall kind of format so keep students can do how the students they can learn how to organize the event that means you know then to do that i we introduce lego because lego is very interesting material how to make a team how to team work you know, using you know, lego and it's kind of difficult to explain, but you know, anyways, we introduced Lego with PBL. And that means that kind of connected to uh, uh, Space Elevator because you know, Space Elevator is also do, kind of conducted by project, um, project, project management. It's, you know, usually it's very scientific way. It's NASA or JAXA, they do um, Space Elevator, Space Shuttle, right? When they create a Space Shuttle or Space Project, they yeah. kind of have to follow project management. They right. they need to stick to some kind of procedure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely critical. So I suppose it's um, building trust among your teammates and, you know, putting your life in their hands. Yes. But, um, so for those listening, did you nominate yourself or does, do other people nominate you for the Teach Prize? It's a good question. Uh, actually... I didn't know this prize. So yeah. my friend's friends actually emailed me, hey, Mr. Takashi, would you like to apply for this? Like, I, I, at first I thought, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so busy. I don't have time. I kind of rejected it. But in a while, there's some, somebody I really respect actually emailed me, please submit this, <laughs> apply for it. So I, because I I couldn't resist, I couldn't turn it out. I couldn't turn it down because I really respect her. So, okay. I can I I will apply for it. <laughs> okay, excellent. So yeah, other people should be inspired to do the same then, because I know it's it's coming up again, isn't it? Yes, and actually it's close in yeah. October. Yeah, it's result is coming up in next month. The purpose of this prize is to to shine the light yeah. on the teachers, right? So I already got nominated for the prize. I would like to other teachers apply for it, and then you know I want to shed light to the others you know so that they can say you know hey, teaching is very very brilliant work you know it's it's very inspiring you know teaching that's, is fun that's what i was going to ask actually what status does a teacher have in japan oh well it's basically it was very respected mm-hmm. maybe back in 10 three, 30 years <laughs> but now now everyone kind of um Take um think light of teaching, you know it's very it's not good good it's very it's not good condition because Japanese teach Japanese school has to do a lot of things like uh, lots of things other schools in other I mean uh, in foreign countries do not do like you know club activities mental um counseling students parents you know a lot of things the Japanese teachers is kind of their their hands are full. They are busy with grading, teaching, um, counseling students, you know, meeting parents, calling parents, you know, lots of stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, what what's your average day like? Like, when do you start in the morning and when do you finish? I mean, for me, mine is okay because I I I work for a private school, and you, if you work for a public school, it's very very tough. You know, they they go to school like eight o'clock, eight or seven or eight in the morning, and they come back at nine or ten. Wow, in the evening. Yeah, in the evening. Whoa. Okay. Um, they 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 don't have a Saturday and a Sunday because they have to do club activities. And is that <laughs> is that y- uh, yuku juku? Juku is we don't we don't we don't have any relation to ju- cram school. Yeah, yeah. Students go to cram school. Um, kind of Japanese students are very uh, kind of Japanese educational system is kind of pretty much um you know entrance exam examination oriented educational system, right? So students usually go to juku or cram school after school. They study there by ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Even during summer vacation, they go to cram school every day. They study for 12 hours, whatsoever. So, and yeah. I, read, I read that, you know, there's, um, I suppose, there's an interesting view of those clubs sometimes that they perhaps educationally aren't the best quality or have the best mm-hmm. reputation. We have a lot of kind of after school clubs here now. And also mm-hmm. there was a push for extending school hours and whether that would be filled with some of these uh, additional clubs. So I suppose mm-hmm. that's something for sector to grapple with internationally is if mm-hmm. these aren't delivered by a sort of central school body, then making sure the quality is really, really high and uh, recognised in some way. That's true. It's but it's based on teachers' sacrifice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so somebody has to take care of after school, you know, kind of activity, right? Yeah. Teachers cannot. They their hands are full. <laughs> because I think I read that Japan were looking to bring on coding and computing as a compulsory part of the curriculum. Oh uh, yes. Um. Now Japanese school are kind of focusing on tinkering or making. Yes. Because, but but my school, as as I said, my school is private school. My school started as a kind of school of architecture. So basically, DNA is making. We have lots of programming. You know, we, my university actually college university is right next to my my high school. I mean, our high school. So we can invite any pro. We can we if we want to do programming or kind of coding, we can yeah. invite a professor to my school. You know, they can ask. We can ask them to do some class after school. That's very interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, you have some fascinating architecture in Japan. I was down in the um, in the port area of Osaka. It was uh, where, oh, okay, Osaka. <laughs> yeah, where all the museums are. There's some really fascinating architecture down there. I, I don't know. I live in Tokyo. I don't know anything about Osaka. <laughs> but I also went up the tower in Tokyo. You'd be pleased to pleased to know. And uh, yeah, I, sky tower. Yeah, Tokyo. Lots sky of uh, octopus balls and um, mm-hmm. uh, ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can take you around eh, if you come. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to come back with my son. We, my husband and I went there for our first wedding anniversary. In okay. fact, after I, I was the event director of the World Architecture Festival, which was taking place Whoa. in Singapore, well, it was a very interesting story. But I missed my original flight, and then I okay. and then. Then I came out and um, yeah, it was great. We we went to lots of onsen and okay. um, yeah, we we were visiting some friends out there. But we'd like to come back for the Olympics possibly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, 
interesting. Okay, next question. I, I was having a look at Japan's ranking in the PISA uh, ranking system, and obviously, um, I suppose you know that's useful to some extent, but doesn't always show the the whole picture. But what is interesting? So, Japan for maths is number seven,、uh, for science is fourth, and for reading is fourth, or for literacy is fourth.、Um, <laughs> And you know, so that's fantastic. But I suppose the interesting part of, you know, which I think you've looked at as well on standardised testing and conformity、um, mm-hmm. and academic pressure. So、mm-hmm. I just wondered if you, you know, what's your approach to how Japan is successful in those PISA rankings and your own approach as an educator as well? The quality of Japanese teachers very good. You know, they were they are very serious. They were passionate. Allegedly, but it's not. They all, as I said, like Japanese educational system is based on teachers' sacrifice. They work a long, long time. <laughs> so you know, Japanese school student school actually works well because teachers work for a long time, long hours. So you now we can keep that quality for a while, but it, it's gonna be collapsed in the future. But it, they. Is as I as as you look at PISA's ranking, you know, any any countries above the Japan are very small country or the cities, not you know huge, large country. Japan has much larger population, right? That's <laughs> interesting. You've got, you've got China, but are you sort of arguing? But that, it's that, just it's Shanghai. Cities, it's not、uh, China. Okay. So, <laughs> That's、right? interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you know. Interesting. But you know, Japan. Uh, uh, In terms of average education, Japan is really good, but as I said, it's based on Japanese teacher sacrifice. It's not, you know, we need to change the mindset. We need to change how to.、Um, I don't know. Maybe、um, Japan is. We need. We need. We are just. We are in a turning point.、Mm-hmm. We are、uh, looking at um, the, um, the result is not just like a memory and knowledge.、Mm-hmm. It's like PISA、yeah. is just knowledge, right? Yeah. But we need to focus on like just literal foundation, literal basic uh, liter uh, literacy, and also competency and character. That's just like PISA and the OECD said. Yes,、yeah, so I read about、uh, there being sort of violent incidents in the classroom, sometimes between students and teachers,、um, and obviously that happens everywhere around the world. But that kind of sort of challenged my thinking about perhaps sort of disciplined classrooms and that kind of thing. But you know, perhaps、mm. that's part of the pressure that people are under. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not that many, you know.、Okay. It's very few. That's、okay. why you know, a lot of media newspaper takes takes you know、oh, okay. <laughs> this kind of、mind. thing happens, right? Yeah, yeah. But basically, Japanese education is disciplining how to behave in public place, you know.、Mm-hmm. So they Japanese students are really good at cramming 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 knowledge. They are really good at on tests, but you know they are obedient,、mm-hmm. but they are not creative. So it's very difficult, and for me, for, at my school, we have lots of international students, and well, students used who used to, used to live in the state. I mean, on foreign countries, right? Yeah. They they do not listen to what I say, <laughs> but you know, when I say do something, this pro- do something, this、uh, this is our project topic. Do whatever you want. They do very well. Yeah. They are very creative. You know. But they do not listen silently. <laughs> they raise the hand, you know. So they chat in class, but they are very creative. 
In the other hand, Japanese, Japanese students are very, very quiet. They listen to what I say. But when we do project, hey, this is our project. Do it. They cannot do it. Teacher, please tell me instruction. We cannot do it. <laughs> they cannot use freedom. Well, it's this interesting is as well. And then, uh, you know, um, I was really fascinated about, I think there's like a declining birth rate in Japan. And um, I was watching this program about economics and it was sort of saying about whether, um, you know, economically it would do well to have a sort of um, more relaxed immigration policy, <laughs> which I suppose is a hot topic everywhere. Yeah, so. um, but, and then, you know, the need to uh, teach English and I suppose just generally in the world that, you know, different globalization forces and so on are meaning that perhaps the need to collaborate with um, a variety of different students and that kind of thing is and mm -hmm. languages is more important and it sounds like that's um, perhaps what you're also witnessing is this um, changing skill set that's needed and um, you know how to get there. Yeah very, I'm very optimistic it's changing very well. What part does technology have in that? Um, technology, in terms of technology, Japanese students and Japanese school are not very good at it. They just started using technology or ICD. They just started using um, SNS like Edmodo or, for example, what else? What else? Google Classroom, something like that. Yeah. Very basic, very, and very basic. Do you use any particular tools or services in your classroom? Well, well, as I said, my school is a private school. We, we, we are way advanced because you know, every student has an iPad. And high school kids have a notebook. You know, we use Edmodo. Everyone is on Edmodo. We communicate on Edmodo. Yeah. Textbook is you know, a PDF. You know, we use digital textbook whatsoever. You know, we there are lots of 3D printers. You know, later colors. But it, in public school, we don't have any. We don't have a land connection. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, that's interesting because I think, you know, that would surprise a lot of people that would imagine um, sort of Wi-Fi and um, access to some of those things is standard. But there's it's, there's still quite a variance then between state schools and private schools. It's a huge gap. As I say, Japanese is still in a training point. A lot of people are still looking for um, entrance examination. They think, you know, ICT actually has some bad effect on their interest examination learning. So, you know, you know, just cramming, right? Cramming is important. It's, ICT is not good for cramming. <laughs> yeah. and, and you said you're optimistic. So what makes you optimistic about the future? Well, wait, Japanese teachers uh, kind of studied, the, uh, studied realizing the importance of teaching um, uh, competency or characteristics, like kind of social emotional learning program. Yeah. People started gradually realize um, cramming is not important. <laughs> it's not everything. And well, it's it's great for the short term, but not perhaps fantastic for your long term skills. <laughs> yeah, true. So you're coming to BET uh, in January to speak with some of your fellow nominees. So uh, Marit from Finland, mm -hmm. he's going to be on yes. the podcast as well, and Joe and um, possibly Colin, I think. So um, what are you looking forward to about coming to London and coming to BET? Well. I just simply would like to meet these fellows. <laughs> they're yeah. great. They're experienced teachers. 
I wanted to exchange my ideas and kind of classroom ideas with with them. And there'll be tons of other new teachers and leaders for you to mingle with yes. as well. And are there any events in Japan or associations that you go and speak at or go and attend? Oh, there are actually many. Um, I'm now into kind of ICT conference. You know, we are introducing a lot like a cutting edge um, learning and ventures. They studied lots of Japanese. We have lots of learning, um, kind of educate edotech ventures here. Okay. So no, I'm kind of interested. I'm interested in that stuff, you know. So I would like to introduce some ventures on the um, startup companies to school. We we kind of doing experiments. Are there particular ones that you're working with at the moment? Um, a lot of a lot of actually uh, the motor or something some kind of new um um SNS with on the AI it's kind of interesting and in how to personalize your learning you know with AI you know <laughs> it's an experiment that we're doing kind of tinkering stuff you know <laughs> so you do a little pilot and then see how it goes mm, yeah yeah still pilot yeah okay. we, and also we direct to um foster lots of teacher teacher printer you know a lot okay. of teachers actually they work for school but we can have teachers we can introduce teachers to you know, venture venture startups you know company people though they have kind of we can mix up people's you know we can have yeah. some kind of idea right Interesting. so you're acting almost as a little incubator within your private school it's not outside of private school it's my side of business uh, okay, does that have a name Kazuya does it have a name um, it's called education, education. Ed, education, like mm-hmm. education and innovation. Yes. Education. I can send. You, I can send you a link later. Yeah, please do. I mean, for those people that would like to connect with you when they listen in, mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. they do that? I like Twitter because okay. I'm learning Spanish and I'm doing because I'm Spanish oh, wow. tweeting. <laughs> and you have to remind me what you were studying before. It was like very intricate part of English literature, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Yang's medieval studies. And, and and how about you for people listening? Um what kind of things are you into outside of teaching? I'm doing a tea ceremony, so I'd like to introduce Japanese culture to people. Amazing. <laughs> so um when you meet people from outside of Japan you you um introduce the tea ceremony to them and um Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I stayed I've forgotten what they're called um, the traditional tea ceremony uh, sort of wooden houses. We, yeah, today I had a tea ceremony, so I went there. Yeah, the intricacies of uh, of that ceremony and just the experience and the taking time to enjoy things properly is mm-hmm. is fantastic. I really enjoyed that. There we go. So for people listening, your Twitter account is at kz8 underscore takahashi so t-a-k-a-h-a-s-h-i <laughs> <laughs> sorry easy, easy, easy. awesome well do you have any message to either teachers or investors or startups listening in okay well um actually yesterday some indonesian students actually emailed me now, Mr. Takashi, why do you teach? And she said, why are you asking that kind of question? She said, well, I met my teachers. I met, I asked my teachers at school. They say teaching is not my first, uh, teaching is not their first choice. They they wanted to be, get another job, but they couldn't. So they are teaching. So, Mr. Takashi, why do you teach? Well, 
because I met great teachers in my life, I want to pay back, pay it forward to the future. And also, I have studied a lot in in foreign countries. And uh, I met really brilliant people. You know, they have PhD, MBA. But, you know, look at this world. This world has not got better, right? So we need to change our mindset. We need to teach to do to work for you know these others to make this world better you know you if what why do you learn it's not learning for your future your career we have to learn for others to how to contribute to the development of human beings you know this is the, that's why I'm teaching so she's like wow I'm so sad <laughs> Indonesian students got a surprise you know yeah, because yeah. You know, she, she never heard of that kind of answers. So I know this, this is my teaching philosophy. I would like to how work together globally, internationally. You know, there is no you know nationalities. We are all human beings. You know, we need to make this world better. Wow, wait, I've, got, I've got a big smile on my face. <laughs> I, I feel quite energized now to start my day, even though you're finishing your day. <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And, thank you um, so much. Yeah, once we have this, I'll send you all the links. But uh, Kazuya, thank you so much and have a fantastic Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. And feel free to send me your comments privately or for inclusion via the edtechpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be focusing on the Facebook community this week, so you may see less of me on Twitter. And next week, I share findings from a new GovNet report commissioned by Firefly on what senior leaders really want from their data. We will also hear from educator Ronaldo Lawrence on basketball and believing in yourself and students. Have a great week.
Thank you.